I had an incident that happened this week if you can put up the picture about the flies um, I was fixing my wife's car and uh, in my garage I don't know for what reason but about uh, 30 or 35 of these creatures those of you who are listening to podcasts these are flies that came into the garage and they started to attack they didn't attack me at first until you know I have a habit of wearing only shorts in my house and they started to attack me they didn't hit me they didn't spit on me they didn't bite me they just touched me and their touch was so provocative and so bad that I became irritated and angry I screamed to my wife to come out and wave for them out of my body and they would still touch me and now I was reminded of the scripture where the Bible says Satan is the Lord of flies the, the flies are demonic and that's not a joke actually they are bad they're not from God my wife is a killer of flies she uses this tool and I call her the killer and so when the moment I see a fly in the house she takes the tool she's like I'm a killer I'm a killer so and she just goes and kills them I don't have patience for this tool so I decided to punish them I was so mad on Wednesday I was so outraged that I I, I wanted to kill every one of them but they were so small and they always ran away so I decided to find a way to trap them, manipulate them and to hurt them. Not just to kill them fast like my wife does them, but to kill them slowly and painfully. <laughs> Went to Albertsons and I'm giving you some tips on how to get rid of flies in the house. And we bought these little uh, sticky strips. And by the, by the time I learned how to <laughs> remove them, I myself got stuck into those sticky trips because they got all over my fingers and my fingers sticked for the rest of the day. And then what you do is you take the sticky strip and you, you stick it into the ceiling and you hang it there. You don't do anything bad to the fly. What you do is you set up trap where the flies fly around and they are not careful like always, blind, deceived, and they fly into that sticky strip because their legs are so weak and fragile and very small they quickly the stickiness is so sticky they stick their legs into it and then they try to get out the harder they flip with their small wings the deeper they get into the sticky straps and then they get stuck and then you get a relief of seeing them suffer you see them flip and you're like that's the punishment you see them flop with their wings you see them fight and the next day you see that the whole night that fly fought in that sticky strips and that's how it died i have a lot of them i have about two more left in my garage they're the most stubborn ones and the smart ones but it's a matter of time <laughs> and they're gonna die too the rest of them i keep them there as a sense of relief to my poor soul as a reminder that they met their death when you see a fly flying into a sticky strip you already know one thing it's the beginning of its end satan sets up sticky situations in which we fly into the moment we end up in those situations satan already knows i don't need to do anything it's the beginning of their end at first we get into sticky situations then we get stuck in them and then we die in them I want to address today four situations in your life set up specifically by Satan to get you into sticky situations the title of our message will be sticky situations 
the most word that's used for offense in the Bible is called scandalon. Scandalon is the trigger of a trap upon which bait is placed. When an animal touches the trigger to eat the bait, the trap springs shut and the animal is cut. And when used in moral context, scandalon, in, in, what it means is it, it in, indicates the enticement to conduct which will ruin the person in question. When the Bible uses word offense, it actually uses in the original language, the word is scandalon. It's a trap. It's a trigger of a trap where the base is placed. Any situation in your life that comes, you must understand many of those situations are specifically orchestrated by Satan. Some people, some people, Satan just hits directly. He just hits them directly with drugs, directly with alcohol, directly with women sexual immorality directly with witchcraft directly with cutting but most of the people he knows especially the Christians they're sneaky they're smart they're clever they said no I won't do that and they're always though they're fast and, and amazing and clever and wise and though they're clever and they are smart and they're educated but Satan says well I don't have to hit them with that tool I can set up certain straps in their way and if they are going to get stuck in those sticky situations I don't have to defeat them they will be defeated on their own amen before I mention that, this morning Holy Spirit placed something on my heart to mention to the church. I see a lot of people lose their faith in God over this issue. Where they are so focused, not just on the destination that God wants to take them to, but for God to use their directions toward their destination. When you know God will provide for you, but you want Him to provide the way you think is the best. You know God will give you a blessed marriage, but you don't see blessed marriage without her. If she doesn't like me back, there is no way in this world I could have a blessed marriage. If I don't have this way, there is no way that I could reach this way. And my message and encouragement to you this morning is this. Give God permission to get you to your destination without using your directions give God permission to get you where God promised to get you without using your directions there. Be like Naaman who came and says I expect God to come lay his hand on me but if he doesn't lay his hand on me but sends me to get dunked in the river seven times to get healed whatever it takes but I will be healed. Some people Jesus healed by spitting at them. Other people Jesus healed by speaking a word. Some people Jesus healed by stretching his hand. Some people Jesus healed by simply saying go wash yourself. But the point is this, don't expect God to use a certain way with you. Because I've lived long enough to know usually God looks at your directions and laughs at them. And you say there is no way in the world God can bless me without this way that I already have figured out and I lined up. This guy is the one. This young lady is the one and there is no other people in the world God can make me happy through. If I don't get this, I will never be happy with anything else. Don't ever 
stick yourself in that situation by limiting God to your ways. God's ways are higher than your ways. There were leaders in our church that left our church and in my mind I thought there is no way our church can grow without these leaders. <laughs> I've learned it. The devil is a liar. Ain't that truth. That's not the truth. God can grow the church from anybody who he wants to grow the church from. Without me and even without you. God can bless your life with that person rejecting you. God can still bless your life with you even losing maybe that particular job. God has a way of getting you to your destination without using your directions. Give him that permission today. Be free. Love the destination. Do not fall in love with your directions. Because many times we, we, we work everything out and we think if God doesn't follow it through, it will fail. God is a God of destination and destiny. But he likes to make fun of us sometimes by scratching our directions and still getting us to our destination and saying, I am God and trust me. Can somebody say amen? Let's talk about sticky situations. Sticky situation number one. When we fight for fairness instead of trusting God, for favor. When in your life your obsession is to get fair. If you seek fairness in life you will find yourself in the stickiest of all situations because you will soon recognize life is not fair. God never promised to be fair. Never God has a name fairness. Every single person will experience situations in their life where those situations are not fair. A loved one passing away, seeing maybe a friend that things don't work out in a relationship, an accident, certain disappointments, certain bitter moments happening. And if your fight or if your question is, this is not fair, I don't deserve this. If that is really your fight, you will quickly find yourself in the stickiest of all situations. Because the God you serve never promised to make your life fair. He said, if you trust me, I'll bring favor but not fairness. Don't aim for fairness because if you'll get it, you won't like it. Because you'll see your neighbors getting what they don't deserve. And you're like, I want that. And God says, but you always wanted fairness. Don't aim for fairness. People who experience favor of God in their life first experienced unfair situations and refused to be offended. People who experience favor of God in their life first experienced unfair situations and they had questions and they had they had deep murmur inside but they say God you're God and I trust you and they overcame the offense and behind the offense they saw the favor of God. You will see the favor of God if you step over the offense of the unfair situations in your life. God is not responsible for the unfairness and God doesn't want to bring fairness into your life. He is God of favor. Trust Him for favor. Can somebody say amen? The scripture that comes from Ruth. When Ruth said, she said to them, 
Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant. Mara means bitter. For the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord had brought me home again empty. Why then you call me Naomi? Seeing the Lord had testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. Naomi, her name is pleasant but her life was not pleasant. Her life was harsh. She lost her husband. She lost her two sons at a very young age and she blamed God for what happened. First of all, it wasn't God's fault that she went to a territory that wasn't her own. God is not responsible for what happens to you when you step away from his will. And she comes back home and people say, hey Naomi. She says, don't call me that. Call me Mara. For God, she didn't say life. She said, God has been angry with me. God has been bitter toward me. And God testifies against me. It is very dangerous to view life through the lenses of your situation. If you view God through your life, at best you will be limited. At worst, you will be deceived. Never let life explain God. Let God explain life. Don't ever let your pain explain God's promises. Let God's promises make sense your pain. Because Naomi little did she know as she walked into the land of Israel, her life is about to change, be completely transformed by God, whom she's blaming for her problems. We are always limited when we let life define God. We will be deceived if we let our situation explain. Don't look through the window of your problem at God. Look at God. Look at your situation through the window of His promises. And only then you will make sense of things in life. God is not responsible to explain everything that happened to you. But He wants to be responsible for every good thing that will come into your life. If you trust Him. If you say, God, I will trust you. God, I don't understand, but I don't want fairness. God, don't give me what I deserve. Give me what I don't deserve. If you have enemies in your life who hurt you deeply, don't ever seek for their damage. Don't ever wish and pray so that they will suffer. Don't ever do that. On the opposite, churn your anger for God to succeed you and bless you and say God in spite of them bless me more in spite of them prosper me more let my success be their my revenge I don't want them to crush I don't want them to fail I just want to succeed can somebody say amen I want to encourage every person right now if in your life your life has been not fair things that happen to you they are not fair fight not for fairness don't even pray don't ask God this is not fair say God you're God of favor and I qualify for your favor because of the things that are happening in my life can somebody say amen another scripture in Ruth it says book of Ruth uh, chapter 1 
God has testified against me and he has afflicted me don't let life define God let God define your life I'll write down one more thought is that you can never judge a tree based on its season the trees go through seasons and sometimes the season is when there is no leaves the season is everything is cold the season is there is no greenness there is no fruit and it is foolish to come to a tree and begin to say this tree is no good because this tree is in its winter when your life has its winter don't cut your roots off when your life has its dry moments don't blame God for it it's a season and you will pass through it's a season and you will get out of it your God is the God of favor there were times in my life where I was trying to get married and it didn't work and other people just poke at me and honestly for a moment I thought this is not fair but if you live through keep trusting God everything will work out there were times same thing happened financially when we only got married with my wife first year when we lived in the apartments we couldn't save more than $200 we were short almost every single month I was like how in the world is God able to prosper me but if you live through it and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going you will come out and see God's blessing and see God's glory in your life same thing happened even with the youth ministry when the only 40 30 people would show up every single Wednesday and other people would kind of mock even say so how many people go there so what happened out of that great vision but see one thing is don't ever make a mistake of judging me when I am in my winter because you and I will come out of our winter because God is the God that changes seasons God is the God that flips things upside down God is the God that lifts the lowly into the high places and throws people out of the high places into the low places always trust him don't ever trip over the offense in your life where things are not fair when you feel like you deserve better you deserve now listen there is a God and he rewards people in his timing not yours and when God comes to reward you listen only then it's you will look back and you say you know I'm so glad it was God's timing not mine I've learned so much through that I'm a better person and now I can handle this blessing without this blessing destroying my character can somebody say amen if you got stuck in this sticky situation of fighting for fairness maybe somebody passed away maybe you have a disease you're fighting please don't be angry at God trust him you will see the favor of God in your life. Amen? Amen? Sticky situation number two. It's when we let our issues blur our identity. When we let our issues blur our identity. As a Christian, your identity is righteousness in Christ. As a Christian, your identity is forgiven. You're a child of God but though you have an identity in Christ you still have and you will have certain issues that you're gonna have to overcome. Issues that you're gonna battle and the issues that will want to take over your identity. I'm gonna tell you a story of a woman. We actually don't know her name. The scripture says in Luke chapter 8 verse 43, a woman having an issue of blood 12 years which has spent all her living upon physicians neither could be healed by any. This woman has no name 
and this woman is called by her issue because she had this issue and after a while this issue has her this issue is what she's known by they don't even call this woman by her profession they don't call this woman by her degree they don't call her by her financial status they don't call her any other name they call her a woman with an issue have you ever been called by your issue has other people ever referred to you not by even your name by what you struggle with by your weakness and see when we come to church many times we come and God wants to know our name and when he asks Jacob what is your name and Jacob says my name is Jacob because Jacob means supplanter Jacob means liar what he was saying to God is God I am a liar that is who I am and God says I'm gonna give you a new name your name is gonna be Israel you're not gonna be known by your issue you're gonna be known by your fighting spirit and you will overcome that issue because you will get an identity when you come to church what God wants to do he wants to split your identity from your issue faith wants to raise your identity up and put the issue where issue belongs under your feet even if that issue is a sin you struggle with but listen God doesn't look at you by your issue he looks at you through his precious blood and the blood of Jesus Christ every person has issue but when Jesus looked at this woman the Bible says he called her not a woman he says daughter and he didn't say woman with an issue he says daughter great is your faith and your faith has made you well God doesn't look at you at your issue he looks at you through your identity and he doesn't see a problem he sees a faith you see a Rahab you see a prostitute but God sees a woman who has faith that's how God sees us and we have to come to God not only to get rid of our issue but to separate our issue from our identity and to say I am a sick person I'm not a sick person trying to get healthy I'm a healthy person fighting sickness I am not a sinner trying to get holy I am a holy person fighting sin I'm not a weak person trying to get strong I am a strong person fighting weakness can somebody say amen your identity is greater than your issue ground yourself in your identity maybe you've lost certain things because of your sin maybe other people look at you that look down on you because of your sin that is their problem make sure in your subconscious you keep clear mind of who you are in Christ if world raves and screams at you make sure your own voice tells you I am God's child I am forgiven by Christ I am washed by the blood I know you know me by my past but Christ knows me by the cross and by the forgiveness in his blood it's important that each one of us do not have a salvage title in our glove box you know if you if you ever meet a Russian there's few things you can know about them the vehicle they drive is 90% chance salvaged you won't know that by looking at the vehicle but if you open the glove box you will know that many people get forgiven but they still carry a salvage title in their subconscious means I'm a second good I am not good enough you don't know what I've done and what I struggled with the Bible doesn't say those who are in Christ are salvage title the Bible says those who are in Christ are new creation not rebuilt new creation make that in yourself an identity secured in the blood of Jesus not in your weakness 
or in your issue. You will never defeat your issue until you connect yourself to the identity given to you by God. Can somebody say amen? Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sticky situation number three. It's when we let our feelings, when we protect our feelings at the expense of our future. When I say feelings, I mean bitterness, offense and unforgiveness toward other people. What other people against, do against us and it hurts us deeply. It wounds us. It embarrasses us. It shocks us. It sends us on this spiral of trying to defend ourselves. And instead of nursing those hurt feelings, trying to clear our name, trying to prove to people that I'm not who you think I am, that we don't protect those feelings, but we put it aside in forgiveness and trust God to protect our future and to be our vindicator. And I know what I'm talking about. I personally had to go through some things when some people mistaken me for someone else and they've said certain things to other people in Tri-Cities to some very known people that when I heard it, it, it brought pain that I cannot describe and the accusation that came against me and it was completely had nothing to do with me. I wanted to run to those people and explain myself and the Holy Spirit placed in my heart he said Vlad no amount of explanation will matter to them. He said let me lift your ministry where those accusations will be a joke. The very people who were in the power in those places are no longer in power. The very people making the accusations have already fallen and things have changed in less than a year. Had another gentleman who on Facebook, very known person in the Russian community, blasted our ministry because of our association with TB Joshua and other people jumped on it and instead of trying to clear the air and try to fight for it and everything, we do our work and we do what we want, what God calls us to do and within a very short time you see those people coming around and saying we love what you guys are doing. Your ministry is making a difference. Praise God. I've learned one thing. If God fights for you, it's better and it will be faster than if you fight for yourself. Let God be your vindicator. Can somebody say amen? In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 it says, Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causing trouble. And by this many people defiled. In Acts chapter 8 verse 23, Apostle Peter says to Simon the sorcerer, he says, For I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. If you allow bitterness to creep into your heart, what bitterness will do is that bitterness is the only root that has all kinds of fruits. Bitterness can produce witchcraft. Bitterness can produce sexual immorality. Bitterness can produce homosexuality. Bitterness is so deadly because it can produce any kind of fruit. For Simon it was witchcraft. And Peter is saying you repented of witchcraft. But he says your problem is you're bitter on inside. That's why you did witchcraft and bitterness you still have it. 
he says because now because of this bitterness you want to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit so you can sell the Holy Spirit to become rich and famous and he says the root of it is bitterness bitterness is more deadly than any other sin because it produces any kind of sin it wants be very careful to protect bitterness in your heart protecting feelings instead of protecting your future protecting feelings instead of protecting God's blessing in your life there is three ways that we deal with bitterness that are wrong number one is we medicate it with food sex alcohol gambling when we try to medicate our pain some people do it through TV others through food some through gambling some through sex and some through alcohol others through weed well you are so full of pain and you are trying to medicate that pain the wrong way number two that we deal with pain is that when we motivate it by working ourselves to death by thinking if I just work harder in life it will go away if I just work harder in life I won't have time to think about it there's a difference between diligence and dryfulness when you drive yourself to death diligence is when you work hard but you know when to stop but when you are working yourself to death you never stop and many people they work themselves to death trying to cope with their pain not realizing the harder you work the more you're gonna lose because your pain will eventually lead to sins which will steal everything you work for and way number three that we deal with pain that is wrong is when we meditate it we rehearse it how could they do it we replay it it's on a constant replay in our mind the hurt and the pain that people have caused to us and when you meditate your pain listen it won't go away the way you deal with bitterness the way you deal with pain three simple steps number one you face it admit you're hurting admit that what happened in a family you're not fine it's okay to tell other people you're fine make sure you don't lie to yourself respect yourself enough to admit the truth face it number two you have to forgive you have to forgive people who hurt you sometimes you have to keep on forgiving don't wait for their apology don't wait for them to say I'm sorry Jesus did not wait for Pharisees to apologize before he forgave them on the cross don't think forgiving them means you and them are fine no sometimes forgiving them means nothing to them but it means everything to you forgiving is setting the captive free and then realizing you were the captive forgiveness not because it's right it's because it sets you free it gives you it doesn't change the past it enlarges your future if you opt out for revenge make sure you build two graves bitterness is the acid that always kills its container run for forgiveness no matter how painful it is it doesn't make sense but it's the only way to experience the favor of God and number three to deal with our pain is follow Christ away from it the only way you can get away from your pain is not by changing your zip code it's not by blocking some people on Facebook it's not by unfriending some people or unfollowing them on Instagram or Twitter the only way is follow Christ so radically that he leads you away from that pain can somebody say amen sticky situations it's when you protect your feelings instead of your future and the sticky situation number four it's when trying to change when we try to change others those God called us to honor and we're going to deal a little bit with the issue of authority 
when instead of honoring people we are trying to change them I'm going to mention three authority in your life that we usually try to change one kids trying to change parents two wives trying to change husbands or husbands trying to change wives and number three when members of the church trying to change the pastor pastor should change the members but members shouldn't change the pastor well the members should influence the pastor when parents when kids trying to change their parents you must understand as a child in your family whether you have your own family today but you have your parents Christ Jesus did not call you to change your parents he called you to honor your parents you may say well my parents are not worthy of honor that is not up to you to decide Noah was drunk and one of his sons thought that he is called to change his dad by embarrassing him he did embarrass him but he brought a curse upon his son's life was Canaan we know that David had sons and David was a good father but David's sons were a little bit crazy one of his sons was Amnon he fell in love with Tamar and instead of coming clean before his dad and says dad you know I'm in love with this girl named Tamar could you help me kind of give me some advice you know what he does he lies to his dad and plays sick and says dad I am sick but he tells his friends the truth and says hey how can I get in bed with her and his friends gave him the stupidest idea says pretend to be sick to your father let her father invite her to cook some pancakes as you eat the pancakes seduce her and rape her it shows to us when we take the opinion of our friends above the honor of our parents we always end up in wrong decisions in the wrong places and then draw death to ourselves closer than it's supposed to come within a, some a year or two Amnon was killed same thing happened with Absalom and same thing happened with the other son with David we see these sons didn't honor their father they tried to always manipulate their father rebel against their father and kids today are so smart and brilliant and they're trying to change their parents when you see your parents drink and they're not following Christ or maybe you see your parents hypocrites your duty is not to change your parents your duty is to honor them after you do your duty trust the Holy Spirit to do his don't ever be your parents Holy Spirit you will quickly find out you're not omnipresent omniscient and omnipotent sometimes we wait say God let me change my parents and you do the honoring take your place and let God take his can somebody say amen same thing happens with Jesus Jesus had his parents Jesus could have easily changed his parents at the age of 12 when he wanted to stay at the temple and his parents says you're coming home with us Jesus excuse me I'm about my father's business and Jesus says Joseph says I'm your father <laughs> and we have business in our house you would think Jesus would rebel but the Bible says Jesus became submissive to them and the time came when Jesus left their jurisdiction but he never stopped honoring his earthly parents because on the cross instead of worrying where his disciples will eat he was worrying where his mom will sleep and he asked Johnny Johnny can you take this as your mom and looked at his mom and says can you go with Johnny because you have nowhere to stay in the moment of his deepest pain what was most important to him is to honor his father and his mother
This history says his father already passed away but his mother was the only one alive and that's how God changed his mother that she got baptized in the Holy Spirit 50 days later. Your goal is not to change your parents, your goal is to honor them and when you do your job God will begin his. Can somebody say amen? It grieves my heart to see teenagers and to see young men and young women trying to correct their parents and I'm like you are in poop to your eyeballs is your own life your life is a mess and you're trying to change your parents you don't know nothing honor them first and leave them up to God now if they abuse you if they do violent things yes distance yourself but never from honor whether they leave you whether he is not was never there for you it does not matter you don't honor them for their sake you honor them for your sake and for your future sake and somebody say amen you say well my mom and my dad are not together they always fight they're they lived in adultery or they lived in this or they're violent or they they spend money that is none of your business your business is you have a future to live and the future better be blessed and it's only going to be blessed not by honoring your friends. Bible never said honor your friends and you will have a great life. It says honor your parents and you will have a great life. Honor your parents. And all the parents said? Amen. Thank you Jesus. I feel like this is going to be replayed in their house. <laughs> Secondly, the Bible says for wives to honor their husbands. <laughs> and for husband to love their wife. I heard pastor said this to one of the couples in our church and when I heard that I thought this was completely out of sight of this world but I think I agree. Uh, one couple that fight with one another all the time and pastor told them he said because one spouse uh, one spouse said to another one you're my husband and the wife uh, the husband looked at the wife you're my wife you should better you should act better than this and the pastor looked at them and he says you are not a husband because you got a marriage certificate. He said, you are a husband if you do two things, love her and receive honor. If you don't receive honor and don't give love, you're a man. This woman, she's not a wife, she's a woman. If she does not give love, she does not give honor and receive love, she's not a wife, she's a woman. And if both a man and a woman sleep together, they're committing adultery. You're not a wife because you have a marriage certificate. You're only a wife if you give honor and you receive love. You're not a husband because you pay for the bills. You are a husband when you love and when you receive honor. Now usually, usually this is the problem happens when a wife complains, well I would give honor if I will get love. And the husband says, well I will give love if I will get honor. Well somebody needs to grow out of their diapers and begin first. You know who starts the cycle? Do you know who starts the cycle? The one who's more mature. And so the fact that both people are waiting for another person to do the right thing shows both people have not graduated relational kindergarten. Somebody needs to rise up and say, you know what? I know you're immature. Let me prove that I'm mature by honoring you before you love me. When you show honor, you will receive love. When you give love, you will receive honor. Man's biggest need is not food and sex, it's honor. Woman's biggest need is not a paycheck and shoes and purses, though they think that's their biggest need. No. 
their biggest need is to feel loved and many times we as men we feel like well I love her I didn't beat her didn't say anything bad I didn't leave her the lights are on the food is on well the food she cooks and I'm, I'm, I love her as a man you have to ask your wife this question not yourself do you love her yes ask, ask her this question do you feel loved by me if there was a pause of five seconds you should have a heart attack <laughs> I remember first time I asked that question of my wife there was a 10 second pause I was like why is the answer like before I even finish the question you should be like yeah yeah of course why are you even thinking about it and then it really hit me that just because I know I love her that does not mean that she feels that I love her can I just give one advice to all the women honor your husband where you want him to be not where he's at he will always grow to where you honor him not to where you criticize him he will always rise up to where he is honored if he comes home and he doesn't do the things that you want him to do but you painfully honor him you will see he will rise up to that place if it's constant nagging if it's constant criticism if it's constant you didn't do you didn't that you didn't do you didn't that you have to understand men are drawn to honor and then some little filly on the side begins to honor him she doesn't care about the other things and men are drawn to that do not create temptation that men do not need in their life by honoring and same thing for a man remember the biggest need you need to give to your wife is to make her feel loved can somebody say amen sticky situation number four as we talk about honor those instead of changing them pastors when God wants us to also honor our leaders honor our pastors I've seen in my life where curses over families were broken because people honored their pastors and their church when it was very painful I saw that first of all even in our church you know uh, Larissa and she comes from a very wonderful family and her parents used to come to our church they had a big beef with the pastor and they left the church really really badly instead of submitting themselves to the church and to the pastor they uh, they just left and they left they asked Larissa to leave the church as well they spoke really really badly against our pastor and they asked her to leave and Larissa she was kind of always stubborn and uh, and she was stubborn even against them and says you know what I'm gonna stay in this church and I'm going to this is where I belong and I saw in my own life because I knew Larissa a little bit from the Ukraine and she was not the same Larissa that you guys know her today I saw the change that God did in her life the transformation in her family in her marriage in her personal life with her kids seeing her kids now seeing that it's such an encouragement I know the rest of the members of her family unfortunately when they left the church things were okay with them and unfortunately today things are not like that this is to say when you are under the submission you are under the umbrella of God's protection 
the curses on your family will not touch your life if you submit yourself to a spiritual family and when it's painful when maybe you get rebuked somebody steps on your toe something you know you don't understand you maybe don't feel like you click in or a pastor maybe avoids you or not doesn't shake your hand and all of these lies that Satan weaves into your head or you get jealous because somebody's treated better than you when you push all of that aside and recognize Satan wants you to get out of the umbrella because he wants the generational curses to destroy your life stay in submission and you will stay under God's protection same thing happened to my wife you know when my wife's family moved to Vancouver and her whole family was going to the church that she is from her father was a deacon there her mom was in the worship team everything was going wonderful until a sticky situation something there was a problem there and her father and her mother left the church and it's a very it was a very messy very painful situation and he, he left and he wasn't right for him to do that and I respect my father-in-law and respect my mother-in-law but what they did was wrong and how do I know that because I see what happened six years later to the family and I see what happened six years later to my wife and they told my wife don't go to that church leave with us because that church is bad the pastor is bad and my wife and her sister made a decision no matter how painful it is we will still go to the church and that's going to be our pastor and my wife told me the hardest part was to honor my dad and honor my pastor when my dad hated my pastor and she kept going there unfortunately you know her family didn't find a good church after that and unfortunately things didn't work out super well for that family for my wife six months of painful going to the church people gave her dirty looks people people kind of like almost like well you're part of that drama why why you even come here and she says it was like coming to church like sitting on needles every Sunday but she said I made a decision this is what God wants me to be if she would have left the church I would have never married her because I would have never seen her her sister would have never married my husband they would have never had a happy family happy church God broke the curse in Jesus name <laughs> joking aside submission is an umbrella under which you can be protected can somebody say amen you know I saw that when my family moved to the United States and our pastor started the church and our immediate family my parents I'm gonna poke everybody's holes today let me just get everybody mad before I finish I'm, don't worry I won't get to your laundry but and I seen you know in the beginning our pastor started the church and you know he my pastor was always controversial always and uh, he was always radical always moving forward in the radicalism and people who are traditional had a hard time keeping up with him and and my parents in the beginning I saw that it was very painful because here is my pastor and I begin to like him begin to uh, respect him he began to believe in me and then I would come home and I would see this conflict it was maybe 14 years ago conflict in my mom and my dad and they didn't see that as a conflict but we were kids and we saw that mom is trying to honor the church and my dad is trying to do that and my mom is doing that and 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 there was that conflict and honestly they were tempted just like every family that left our church 15 years ago to leave and say leave this crazy man alone before he steals all of our kids because in the beginning my pastor was blamed for stealing the kids today people will pay homage to him for stealing those kids because he rescued them and I'm glad that my parents they overcame that hardship they overcame that painful moment and they respected the pastor and then God raised up where now all of four of my siblings they're home group leaders and God is going to use them even more and I see it the rest of my cousins this is the will of God if you submit yourself to the church 
if you walk under the umbrella instead of constantly rebelling and then walking away switching churches because will you stay there for six months and then finally found your issue and they corrected you and then you go to another church stay there for six months and leave and church hop like this all your life until you, God begins to work on your character and then you leave don't do that stick in the church make this your home church and grow through the painful experience in your life until you experience God's blessings in your life get out of the sticky situations out of your life fight the offense today overcome that and God will bless your life if you look at any person in the church today don't ever think that it came easy don't ever think that things were always praise the Lord praise be to God things were painful sometimes but there's one thing about us is that we made a decision we forgive we forget and we follow Jesus Christ and we move forward and God's blessing comes upon our life can somebody say amen